the Apollo Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Cash Landed, the show where we fall ass backwards into the money and you get richer just by listening. This is the second episode we're recording this week. We are some busy worker bees. Um, I am your host, Ben, here joined as always by my co-host, Aaron. Aaron, how are we doing this week? And uh, we're going to go ahead and recap last week as well, but I, I do want to hear uh, how your how your week went. Um, I'm doing pretty good. We are recording this on Friday night after we just recorded the NBA podcast on Wednesday, so... I wish I could say it is. It's nice to talk to you, you know, back to back days, basically. But the truth is, we talk to each other pretty much every single day, so this is not uncommon territory. Basically, <laughs> uh, last week, as far as football goes, pretty good week uh, betting wise. Ben, we both won. I won two hundred and thirty nine dollars. You won one hundred and ninety one. So, if you're uh, good at math, our podcast won four hundred and thirty bucks. So we got back on the winning train, like we said we would. DFS wise. Tournaments were all right, just kind of how they have been all year. A couple of min caches here and there, but I stayed hot in cash games. I won my cash game lineup, and uh, you did as well. Yeah, won my cash game, cashed two different tournaments as well. One of them was actually a pretty decent cash because I had um, basically all of these people that I recommended on the pod. I just threw into a cash lineup. It wasn't even really a stack, um, and it. Or I'm sorry, I threw into a tournament lineup. It wasn't even really a stack, and it worked out pretty well for me. But um, we're gonna briefly recap just sort of the hits that we had from last week and some of the misses and then we're going to go ahead and dive into uh, this next week of NBA action but uh, both of us said we absolutely had to play Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams in our cash lineups we did that and if you didn't you probably didn't cash your cash lineup yeah no it was huge I kind of think it might be a similar story this week but Devontae Adams is just an absolute monster this year and the Packers offense is so consistent right now and they're so locked in they're just like everything you want in a cash game play. So that was a big hit for us. Yeah, for sure. We also, we did a, we did a lot of gentlemen's bets as well. Uh, we did three of them because Aaron was, was lagging behind. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't particularly confident in some of them, but actually, I mean, you really did get me on the, uh, on the Cooper cup, Robert Woods one. You said that Woods would outscore cup and he did. You also said that uh, Jonathan Taylor would outscore Naheem Hines. He did that as well. So you won those two. Then I won the uh, TJ Hawkinson versus Evan Ingram one. Actually, TJ Hawkinson um, was about the only tight end we talked about who did anything. We missed on a lot of tight ends, including Darren Waller, who basically broke the slate. Yeah, not recommending Darren Waller was not fun. Uh, Watching it was even worse, Ben. It was one of those things where the Raiders got the ball to start the game, and on their very first drive, he threw it to Waller four times, and it became very apparent that I was just, uh, I was just like, holy crap. I didn't, I overlooked Darren Waller. They're going against the Jets. Of course, Darren Waller is going to dominate this horrible Jets secondary. Like, what have I done? We were so focused on playing Ferkser and we just completely overlooked Waller. And that was, you could just tell immediately that was headed to disaster. And sure enough, he, yeah, he you, killed us. Yeah. You, you texted me that like <laughs> first drive of the game. I was like, yeah, you're probably right. I that that's happened to me multiple times this year where I I'm fading Derrick Henry that week and then like first drive of the game it's just Derrick Henry getting 8 yards of carry and I'm like, well, I picked the wrong week. Yeah, no, I I seriously sent you that text like 8 minutes into the into the slate and I was just like <laughs> this this is not good. We really need Derrick Waller today. But Ben, go ahead and talk about some of the other really good calls we had because we had uh, quite a few good calls last week in DFS. 
Yeah, I mean, Kiki Kuti was kind of the big one. I think that was the best value play that we called out. He was 3,500, and he got 20 DraftKings points. So um, he was in all my cash and tournament lineups. Basically, I slotted him in everywhere. Jamison Crowder, uh, that was sort of my guy. I picked that one. He had two touchdowns in the first quarter or whatever. Um, And David Montgomery just absolutely looked – I mean, the Lions defense is not very good, and we've been picking on him. So David Montgomery was kind of the other big one. We also both of us recommended the Vikings passing stack, and that one definitely got there if if you did it. If you had Kirk, Thielen, and Jefferson, they all got there last week. It took a while. Like you really had to wait for it. It, it made me nervous because I played the Vikings passing stack in my primary tournament lineup, and it wasn't looking good for a while. But then Kirk Cousins finally came alive there in the fourth quarter, like he often does. You know, he was mixing it between Thielen and Jefferson, so they both got there. Jefferson had a huge game and uh, yeah, the Vikings passing stack worked out, but it was, it was nervous there for a little bit. Yeah. Our, our three real misses besides Waller all came at the running back position. Uh, Devontae Booker. Who, I mean, we just got to stop taking backup running backs, man. It's burned us all year. All yeah. I year. thought, I thought Booker might be different just because he had actually looked good uh, in his opportunities this, this year, but nope, that was not, that was not it. Yeah. I mean, Booker was bad. Austin Eckler had a bad game. I mean, not by really through any fault of Eckler. That was just, that was the worst showing by the Chargers in a long time, and that's saying something. That was not the worst showing by the Chargers in a long time. That was the worst showing by a football team that I have seen in a very long time. And the sad thing has been, if you switch the coaches for that game, I think the Chargers might win 45-0. to zero. If you give Bill Belichick the Chargers roster and give Anthony Lynn the Patriots roster, that's where, uh, that's where it makes me really upset. How have they not fired that man immediately? I mean, they clearly have made the decision to just wait till the end of the year and then fire him then because there's absolutely no argument. Like there's nothing that he has done well to where you could say, oh, maybe he should keep his job. So it, it just has to be basically they have enough respect for him to let him finish the year. But I do not know what he has done to earn that respect. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a little crazy. And then I had Miles Sanders. That was That was – I thought it would be a sneaky tournament play. It turned out I'm absolutely staying away from Miles Sanders for the rest of the year, basically. Yeah, I think we can safely stay away from most Eagles for the rest of the year unless something crazy happens. Yeah, unless Jalen Hurts turns out to be like really good suddenly, which I doubt. Yeah, I also doubt that. Speaking of Jalen Hurts, though, we're going to go ahead and jump into the quarterback segment of next week. Enough looking at the past. We got to look to the future. I am seriously in love with this slate. I I lo- I there are so many plays at every position that I want to do. I'm debating dumping even more money into my account just to do it. Um, but we're going to start with quarterback first, and we got three guys at the top that I think Aaron wants to talk about. Yeah, I think there are three guys at the top that kind of separate themselves that we need to talk about. Um, that's going to be Patrick Mahomes, eighty-one hundred. Russell Wilson, 7,900, and Aaron Rodgers at 7,500. So if you gave me these three quarterbacks and told me to play a little game of fade tourney cash with these three guys, I think I am going to fade Mahomes, I'm going to play Russ in tourney, and I am going to play Aaron Rodgers in cash. And my reason being, I I think the Miami defense is just stingy, stingy enough against the pass, and they generate a good amount of pressure. I think they have the they have uh, good enough defensive backs to kind of limit Tyree Kill, even though he's pretty matchup proof. So I think this could just be a lower scoring Chiefs game in general. Mahomes is certainly not a bad play, but I think if I'm spending up at quarterback, I'm probably not going to do it for Mahomes. Ben, or what, what are you doing with the Chiefs this week? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll have pieces in tournaments, but I, I'm not going to play him in cash. It's, it's going to be, 
I'm fading the Chiefs more than I usually do, but even that means I'll have a few pieces here and there. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. And I really like Russell Wilson in tournaments this week. He is very expensive. He's 7,900, but the Jets get absolutely no pressure on the quarterback this year. They have the worst secondary in the NFL. And combine that with Russell Wilson has not hit 21 DK points in about a month. So he's definitely due. I think he's going to absolutely explode here. Their offense got bottled up by the Giants last week. I think they're going to take out some frustration on the Jets, specifically in the passing game. So I think he's going to be my guy here in tournaments. And then, I mean, Aaron Rodgers in cash. There's not too much explanation needed. I mean, he's a discount off the top, guys. It's a great matchup versus the Lions. He's in a dome. The offense is so consistent. So Rodgers is going to be my go-to cash guy again, again this week. Yeah, I, I I agree with all of those points. I think I'm more liable to just look elsewhere at the quarterback position. Um, in cash specifically, I think Russ and Rodgers are fine, and I think they're actually probably about equal this week because I'm going to want to be stacking Russ with DK, and I'm going to stack Rodgers with Devontae Adams, the pricing of which basically offsets any difference in pricing between the quarterbacks. You know what I mean? I mean, because Adams and Metcalf are yeah, $800 apart. Yeah, it's basically so you're going to be spending the same money either way. So I think I think they're about the same and I'm I'm probably going to run both of them out in different cash lineups. But I do worry about game script a little bit for both. I mean, there's a chance it's the Aaron Jones show in Green Bay and there's a chance that the Seahawks get out to a lead and, and can just run the ball with Chris Carson as well. So um, I'm, I'm definitely looking at, you know, Justin Herbert, Matt Ryan, Mitchell Trubisky in, in those formats as well. Yeah, there's definitely other quarterbacks that I like, but. I thought those three were kind of in a different tier. So that's why I kind of wanted to group them together and talk about them together. Yeah, makes sense. And then, I mean, we can we can jump down to the next tier if you want to, which is which has your, your boy in it. Yeah, I definitely am in on Herbert this week. Um, it was it was a beatdown last week. We talked about that a little bit. I'm pretty much going to wash that from my memory. I don't think anything like that is going to happen again this week. Uh, they're getting a few linemen back, in, including Brian Bulaga, who might be their best overall lineman. All the wide receivers are good to go. All the running backs are good to go. They are staying at home in the Dome this week. The Falcons are not great against the pass. Um, the, get, the game log for Herbert, it will show two not-so-great games in a row, so hopefully that keeps the ownership down a little bit. But I do think the Chargers offense gets back to what we saw for most of the year, which is a really explosive offense that puts up a lot of points, and Herbert being the main part of that. So I think we get back to seeing the Herbert that we've seen for the majority of the year, and $6,800 is definitely a really good price for that guy. Yeah, I think maybe the beatdown is going to be in people's minds too. They might be less inclined to take him. So I, I, I like it as a leverage play, but I also like it on its own merits. I mean, stacking stacking Herbert, Keenan, and Eckler is is just a solid play, in my opinion, like in all formats. I think they're going to be really safe this week, which is weird to say about a team that scored zero points the week before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, so I do want to I want to bring up this Minnesota Tampa Bay game because initially we had nothing really written down about it. Uh, it has a 53 point total. Uh, so Vegas thinks that there are going to be points scored here. And I, I certainly agree. Tom Brady is sixty nine hundred and Kirk Cousins is sixty two hundred. So there is a price difference there. Brady has just been absolutely eating against poor defenses all year. If you just go look at the game log, whenever he plays a bad defense, you know, he's putting up the DraftKings points that you expect Tom Brady to put up. I think that the Vikings secondary qualifies as that, but he is priced up. So I wonder if, you know, 7K makes you not want to pull the trigger at all, or if if you're thinking that maybe other people are thinking that they won't pull the trigger at 7K, how how, how deep are you going to metagame it? 
Um, I like Brady this week. My thing with Brady is it's hard for me to ever know who to stack him with. I know we're going to talk about the receivers later. They're all probably good plays, but it's just hard to know who to stack him with, which is hard to do in tournaments. My other thing with Brady this week is I like Herbert a little more, I think, at $100 less. And then he's only $600 less than Rodgers, and I definitely like Rodgers more. So I do like Brady in tournaments. You know, if you're a guy that plays a bunch of lineups and you want to get your exposure to a lot of different quarterbacks, I would definitely include Brady in that mix. But for me specifically, I might play a tighter group of quarterbacks this week. And I think I just like Herbert and Rodgers a little more. Yeah, I'm I'm a little iffy on Brady as well. One guy that I absolutely am playing though, especially in a stack, is going to be Kirk Cousins this week at 6,200. I mean, I get it. It's really hard to trust Kirk Cousins against an elite defense, which the which the Buccaneers have. However, Jamel Dean is injured, or at, at least it, he he appears to not be playing on Sunday as of Friday night. Um, if that's the case, they're going to move their slot corner, Sean Murphy bunting on the outside. Sean Murphy bunting is horrible. Justin Jefferson is a really like legitimately good route runner who will be very good at the NFL level for years to come. So I think maybe you can grab Kirk, Dalvin, and Jefferson and run a stack like that. Hope that Dalvin breaks a screen pass for a touchdown as well. And then I think that that could definitely, you know, be sort of a, a low ownership type because nobody's going to want to pull the trigger on Justin Jefferson this week. That could be like a low ownership type. Uh, tournament winner right there yeah I mean we're in on the we're in on the Vikings passing stack pretty much every week the reason normally is because uh, Dalvin Cook is going to be chalk and I want to fade the chalk and get a little bit of leverage with the Vikings passing stack this week I don't think any of the Vikings are going to be popular and that's because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do have such a good defense the weird thing is they have such a good defense by all the metrics but they do give up points so they've that's a little weird. So I do think Cousins could get there potentially. I definitely tournament only because I am definitely concerned that the pass rush does get there. We know Kirk Cousins is not good under pressure. The pass defense grades out really well, even if the individual matchups might not be great. So I am lower on Cousins than you, but I completely understand your arguments there. Yeah, and then so I have Matt Ryan at 5,700. I think we might disagree here a little bit as well. Uh, two out of his last three weeks, he's been facing the Saints, so his game log is a little suppressed, but everybody except for Julio is healthy. Uh, I think it's going to be a favorable game script where they get scored on and Matt Ryan has to come from behind. Um, I like him in tournaments, and I like him as a stack option. I'll probably throw one stack lineup out there with the Falcons, with Ryan Ridley and you know maybe Hayden Hurst. Yeah, I'm definitely out on Ryan this week. I'm not going to play him. Uh, you mentioned everyone's healthy besides Julio. That's that's kind of a big deal for me. Um, <laughs> the Chargers are so bad against the run. I think the Falcons are going to do everything they can to establish the run here. Joey Bosa is healthy, and I think this is one of the first games all year where Casey Hayward and Chris Harris Jr. are both going to be able to play. So they have both of their best corners healthy. Combine that with Julio not being out. You know, I, I think Russell Gage and Calvin Ridley can be bottled up for the most part. So, yeah, I'm not going to play Ryan here. I think the Chargers pass rush might have a decent day. I basically, I, I think the Chargers win this week, which I don't say too often. So I'm not going to play Ryan this week, but, you know, if you want to throw him in a tournament lineup in a dome, do it. Yeah, and, and I will, but... Uh, yeah, do it then. I dare you. <laughs> See how that I'm, I'm, I'm also going to be playing Mitch Trubisky at 5,600, which, you know, a year ago would have been blasphemy, but I'm doing it. Um, 
it's against Houston and Houston's defense is terrible. And I mean, we've been saying kind of all year that Mitch Trubisky can move the ball and, uh, you know, as bad as he is as a real life quarterback, he's a, he's a decent fantasy quarterback who usually puts up points. So he's going to be able to put up to move the ball against a bad defense. The only issue is going to be, is it going to be him or is it going to be David Montgomery? Because the Houston run defense is also terrible. Um, so I'm going to try and get looks at, you know, both dimensions of this offense, but I really, really do like the Mitch Trubisky, Allen Robinson start to a lineup. Yeah. I like this call too. That's part of the reason I'm so out on Matt Ryan. I would just play Mitch Trubisky over him every single time because I think it could be a huge Robinson week. I also like the idea of including Darnell Mooney in this stack. I mean, you've recommended him multiple times. We talked about all year, how they're trying to force the ball to Mooney down the field. This could really actually be the week this time against the Houston defense that is so bad. So I do agree with you. The one thing I'm worried about is they might just give the ball so much to David Montgomery, knowing the only way they lose this, not the only way they lose, but one of the main ways they can lose this game is Trubisky turning the ball over. So they might limit him a little bit, but at the same time, he might just have an explosion week because the defense is so bad. So I do like that call. Yeah, I, I didn't write Mooney down this week. The only reason I didn't is we some like suddenly Anthony Miller is getting those targets again, which really upset me last week because I, I had Mooney in my lineup. And I mean, he did basically get there. He got 10 DraftKings points and he was dirt cheap. But I, I saw Anthony Miller get a bunch of those targets and I was like, man, this sucks. So I, I, I'm, I think I'm not going to do that this week. But I, I really do like Trubisky Robinson. If you wanted to throw one of those other two out there, I'm not mad at it. Yeah, I mean, we could also just pivot to Miller. I know it upset us last week, but we could take advantage of it this week. You know, yeah. get on get on that side of it. Um, another one of my hits last week. I said Mike Glennon will probably not be the worst quarterback on the slate. He was not, so I was right about that. That was a correct <laughs> statement. He's fifty one hundred dollars this week, and I'm actually going to recommend him a little bit. He is not that bad. He's only fifty one hundred dollars on a slate with a lot of guys and wide receivers specifically that we really want to pay up for. He's facing the 30th ranked pass defense in Tennessee. We have a total in this game of 52 and a half. The Titans will be scoring a bunch of points. So that means there's good garbage time potential for um, Jacksonville. I think there's also potential that this is just a close game back and forth the whole way because sometimes the Titans like to mess around a little bit with these bad teams. And the Jaguars have shown the ability lately to hang in there and be a little sneaky. I also think Glennon has some sneaky good weapons. I mean, DJ Chark is finally healthy for like the first time all year. LaVisca Chenault's getting a little more involved. Colin Johnson, Ben, our guy out of Texas, he's uh, making some plays lately. He's been pretty good. So he's got the weapons. Tennessee doesn't have the pass rush to really disrupt him too much. Garbage time potential, all that combined. There's like four or five quarterbacks that are at $5,100 this weekend. Mike Glennon's easily going to be my favorite. Yeah, I like Sam Donald a little bit for all the same reasons. Uh, If Jamison Crowder doesn't play which it looks like he might not obviously that's that's a tick down and and gotta gotta formulate that into the equation but the even without Crowder I think Darnold had, has a chance against the Seahawks defense as well I'm I don't know I kind of want to take a Mike Lennon Sam Donald gen- gentleman's bet but the, it just seems so boring I don't want to care about either of these games I'll definitely take that one if you want to do it I'm, I'm very open to it I'm down 5-3 I made up a little bit of ground last week I strongly uh, disagree that Sam Darnold will outscore Mike Lennon. So it's up to you. I'll let you make the final call. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's lock it in there and I'll go, I'll, I'll go Sam Darnold over Mike Lennon. All right. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this fully aware that, you know, the total is higher in the, in the Jags, um, in the Jags game. I just really don't believe in the Seahawks pass defense. And I don't see any way that the jets try to pound the ball down the middle or anything. Yeah. I just think, 
I think it could be a bad week for Darnold without any of the weapons healthy, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Yeah. All right, we got the Giants bet locked in. And I guess that's going to do it for quarterback as well, so we can go ahead and move on to running back. Obviously, there's the two guys at the top. We always got to talk about Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry. We already sort of discussed Dalvin Cook, so I'll let you go ahead and take Derrick Henry. Yeah, I think Henry's in a better spot than Cook this week for you know obvious reasons, matchup-wise. Um, there's other great plays at running back. If you don't want to play Henry, I'm not going to uh, blame you for it. But if you want to spend up and play Henry, I think that's probably a good idea. But... I mean, Ben's about to bring up a point about how we recommended Henry in the same spot. And uh, Ben, I'm not sure it worked out for us last time. Yeah, so er- very early on in the year, I, I remember this vividly because I it tilted me. Greatly. We were all in. <laughs> we-, we were all in. To- this is the week three pod or, or the- actually the week three pod was the recap. So this is the week two pod. We recommended Derrick Henry against Jacksonville. Turns out I was watching that game because we recommended him so hard. I, I you know, gave that game some serious priority Jacksonville was sending eight guys at Derrick Henry every single play I mean they were just all out run committing and they kept him contained at the expense of basically everything else Ryan Tannehill ended up winning that game for the Titans uh you're gonna find that evidence in his game log with a big fat 8.4 DraftKings points in week two against the Jaguars so I mean I think it was probably an anomaly like I don't think it happens again he did still end up getting 85 yards on 20 carries so if he just fell into the end zone it would have almost been okay but all that being said, Jacksonville made a concerted effort to stop him last time, and I think they might do it again. Yeah, the question is, can they actually bottle him up two weeks in a row? The answer is probably no, but at the same time, if they're sending eight guys every single snap, that'll probably do it. Um, I am remembering now, we also were very heavy on uh, Johnny Smith that week, and uh, he came through, so that saved us a little bit that week, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that was the two-touchdown Johnny Smith week that, I felt very good about. Yeah, but Henry did burn us last time, so I do not think he's a must-play by any means, but I think he's in the mix if you have 8700 to spend. But I will say, if I'm like prioritizing a high-money guy in cash, it's going to be Devontae Adams and not Derrick Henry this week for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm playing Devontae Adams in cash, and it's it's not a question. He's he's a lock. I mean, Keenan Allen is is close to the second lock up there. I might try and play both of them. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm headed too. But I mean, let's talk about a few more of these high-priced running backs. Another big one that we need to talk about is Aaron Jones. Another time when we got burnt by a running back this year is when we did not have Aaron Jones week two against the Lions when he put up 48 DraftKings points. Ben, we don't want to make the same mistake two weeks in the same year, but Aaron Jones has hit 20 touches only one time in the past five weeks. Jamal Williams is like weirdly involved in the offense and the main thing that concerns me is, I don't know if Rodgers is trying to force an MVP narrative, but every single time they get inside the 10-yard line, they are not running the ball at all. They're just throwing to Devontae Adams like three times in a row, knowing they're going to get a touchdown on one of them. Devontae Adams is getting more touchdowns than Aaron Jones is this year. I'm a little worried about how much they're passing the ball in the red zone, but I don't know. Does that any of that scare you off, Aaron Jones, in this matchup? Yeah, I mean, big big Bob Tanyan's getting a lot of the the red zone looks too. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna have a lot of Jones. I'm probably not gonna play him in cash though. Uh, I'll I'll fit him into a lot of tournaments. Uh, I think he's just so efficient that he can get 35 DraftKings points on 20 touchdowns. I think he will like absolutely. 20, you said on 20. Touchdowns. I'm sorry, on, on 20 touches. <laughs> I hope he can get I, 35 DraftKings points and 20 touchdowns. <laughs> that would be crazy. Uh. I mean, I think he finds the end zone on like one big chunk play this week. Like we we've seen him do so many times in the past with just these like 40 yard 
you know, catches out of the backfield for a touchdown. I don't think he really, he's not really all that red zone reliant. Um, and Detroit also just made David Montgomery look like Maurice Jones drew last week. So I, I don't see any way they'd really stop Aaron Jones. I don't think he's going to kill you if you put him into any lineup. And I, he, he certainly has the ceiling as he's already shown this year. Yeah, I agree with all that. I think the way I'm going to approach it this week is I'm going to play Devonte Adams in most of my lineups but any lineup that does not have Devontae Adams will have Aaron Jones, just in case it's an Aaron Jones week. So I'll favor Adams, but I'll play Jones in the ones that I don't have him. Yeah, that's going to be my approach to it. I just I can't get the Aaron Jones like five touchdown games out of my mind. I I I feel like it it's it has to happen once a year at this point. I really think Rodgers is like make trying to make an MVP push like himself, and he's just calling all these pass plays because. He's scoring a ridiculous amount of touchdowns in the red zone this year, where last year they were feeding Aaron Jones in these same situations. It's an interesting narrative. I'll let you run with it. <laughs> I do like narratives. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to talk too much about James Robinson, but he's just really, really solid. He's a good cash play. He's a pretty good tournament play. He's pretty expensive at 7,500, but I mean, all you got to do is look at the game log and it will explain to you why he's 7,500. It's a really good matchup versus the Titans. So, that's pretty much all I have to say about James Robinson, but I didn't want to just gloss over him and have people think, you know, we didn't like James Robinson because he's a very solid, safe, consistent player. Yeah, my only problem with James Robinson is at this price, I like other running backs cheaper than him, but he's certainly not a bad play. Yeah, and I think the thing is most people will say that because they'll see Derrick Henry, you know, Aaron Jones, not too much more expensive. But I mean, James Robinson has gotten there when other people have it multiple times this year. So that always is his tournament upside is pretty much his ownership probably won't be there. Yeah. All right. Um, I like Austin Eckler again. We mentioned last week how he burned us, but I don't really think it was his fault. The one main takeaway from Austin Eckler's performance last week is he's definitely better when Balazs is out because they did make an effort to give Kalen Balazs some carries last week, which they didn't the week before because he was inactive. So I don't think the ceiling is quite as high with Balaj healthy because I think Balaj is the main first down running back, but I still think Eckler's in a really good spot to get 12 to 13 carries combined with eight to 10 targets with potential for even more, depending on the game script, which, uh, you know, all those touches combined that I'm thinking he's going to get is definitely enough to get me excited to play him at only $7,000. Um, I think you can play him in tournaments or cash. I think you can play him with Herbert or you can play him by himself. Uh, I'm definitely in on Eckler at 7,000. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to note that he he didn't produce fantasy-wise, but he did still get nine targets last week. He only had four catches, and that's it's through no fault of his own. I mean, it's just the offense was dysfunctional last week, um, and it will not be that way against a, a very bad Falcons defense. So I'm, I'm super in on Eckler still in all formats, but I think especially cash, because you're right. I, I totally agree with you that the upside maybe isn't as what it was when Bellage was out, but I think that the floor is is has not changed. The floor is so solid whenever you get a running back getting this type of usage in the passing game, especially on DraftKings where it's full PPR. I mean, it's it's really hard for him not to get 15 points at the bare minimum. Yeah. All right, I'll let you talk about the next guy since uh, I know you really like him. Yeah, so we got David Montgomery at sixty five hundred. Man, this he he just keeps climbing up the up the the pricing chart, but it, it's for good reason. If you look at his game log, ever since Trubisky has come back, he's just he's just sort of been dominating. He's had twenty seven and twenty eight DraftKings points these last two weeks. 
uh, and he's going up against the Texans run defense who we have been picking on all year and who, I mean, I watch the Texans every week and because, you know, I sort of used to be a Texans fan and still, I mean, I still root for the franchise, but their run defense is just actually laughable. I've never seen a defense where they have three players and everybody else might as well just not be on the field. It's Justin Reed, JJ Watt and Zach Cunningham and everybody else is just a, a blank slate. So if David Montgomery looked like, you know, Maurice Jones drew against the Lions, he's going to do it again this week. The question is just how much usage is he, is he going to get and how much are they going to target the pass defense as well, I think. I think he's going to get a lot of usage. Another thing I really like about David Montgomery, he's starting to get a little more work in the passing game. He's gotten a four and six receptions, respectively, in his last two weeks. That's pretty heavy usage in the passing game for David Montgomery, who used to get absolutely none. But, you know, we know Tariq Cohen hasn't been there all year. So he's been worked into that role a little bit more. Combine that with all the carries he's going to get. He's got a really good shot to get one touchdown and a decent chance to get two. Um, so the price does not bother me here, uh, David Montgomery. He's he's not a guy that I like to play against good defenses, but against a defense like the Texans, where we know the Bears are going to try to run the ball, I mean, 6,500 doesn't really scare me at all. I think he's a really good way to start your cash game lineup as far as running backs go. Yeah, I get the feeling I'm going to have to convince you on this next guy, and so I'm, go- I'm going to try. But Ronald Jones is $6,100. Um, the Minnesota run defense is like pre- is pretty bad. It's well, I don't know. It's middle of the road, I would say. And But they just have so many weapons to worry about this week. they got to worry about Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown and the whole passing offense and Rob Gronkowski. I think Ronald Jones might, might slip under the radar, and the run game in general might slip under the radar. Additionally, Jones is just in this weird dead man's land where people are just going to scroll by him because nobody wants to hit the button to put a $6,100 Ronald Jones in the lineup. He's not a pay-up guy. He's not a value play this week. Not really a particularly sexy play, but we have seen him hit like 25 or more DraftKings points three times this year. And if he does it again, that's going to pro- that's going to provide like really good value against a pretty bad run defense. He's also coming off playing the Chiefs and the Rams, who are really good against the run. So his game log is suppressed and people might not be willing to play him. I think he's going to be really low owned and he might just be let loose this week. I, I actually don't hate it. Um, I do like it a little bit. The, the thing I don't like about it is it's just because I'm looking to go so expensive at wide receiver. It's just that category. But you talked about it. That's kind of why – that's part of the reason why he's going to be really low-owned. If I have like a flex spot left and they're $6,100 or you know $6,200 or $6,300, I have absolutely no issue playing Ronald Jones. Um, Fournette is starting to look terrible. Ronald Jones is clearly their guy. They do like to run the ball quite a bit. He's a very good running back. I think he's got a chance to score some touchdowns. But at the same time, Tom Brady is, you know, he likes to throw the ball in the red zone. They go to Gronk and Mike Evans a ton down there. So the touchdown upside might not be as high as it should be. But he's got the big playability. So I I do like Ronald Jones this week. He's probably not going to make it into too many of my lineups. But I do think it's probably a good idea to have him in at least one. Yeah, I, I would just hate to miss out on another one of the Ronald Jones weeks. Yeah, because they, I mean, they do happen. Yeah, another guy in a similar price range uh, who I like, who I also recommended last week, is going to be Jonathan Taylor. Um, he looked really good against Houston last week, which isn't saying too much, but he also got some work in the passing game, which I really like. He gets another uh, really, really good matchup here against the Raiders, so I think he's just in a really good spot to get yet another twenty-point game, and I think there's even thirty-point upside if he's able to fall into the end zone twice, which. It's hard to say he will fall into the end zone twice because 
The Colts offense is so ridiculously unpredictable. It's hard to ever recommend a play with too much confidence, but I do think Jonathan Taylor is in a good spot to repeat some success from last week and maybe do even better. Yeah. I, I mean, I was, I, I was in on Naheem Hines against Houston and it, it does appear that, you know, I, I was unsure of, of Jonathan Taylor's role coming back from the COVID IR. They, they basically gave Jonathan Taylor the keys. And I think that, you know, that's going to continue going forward. So I also like Jonathan Taylor at this price against a Raiders defense that is basically just as bad as Houston. I mean, there's, there's almost no drop off there. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like he looked really good against Houston. That's not, that's not saying much, but he's going up against another defense that's just as bad. So he could look great again and in another great uh, spot. Another guy that I kind of like is miles Gaskin. This is kind of a really sneaky tournament call. Um, He was out for a while and he came back last week was his first week back. He kind of just stepped right back into his usual role, and he got 21 carries. I expect the same volume again, if not even more, against the Chiefs this week. The Chiefs are uh, bad against the run. They're 30th against the run right now. We know teams really like to try to run the ball against the Chiefs to keep Mahomes off the field. I expect the Dolphins to do the exact same thing. Gaskin has been involved in the passing game. We've seen that all year. So I think he's got a pretty good floor-ceiling combination here. 5600 is a pretty good price, so he's another guy that – if you're looking for a guy in this price range for some reason, I think Gaskin Micah overlooked, and he's a he's a pretty safe bet to score 15 and a decent bet to score 25. It really is funny. The Chiefs are are one of those teams who are statistically good against the run, but also don't give up fantasy points to running backs. Yeah, it's weird how that works out because like the Patriots grade out terribly, but they don't give up that many points, and the Buccaneers grade out amazing, but they give up you know points. So it's it's weird how that stuff goes sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I, Miles Gaskin is usually sort of my like cheap cash guy. That's how I've been operating with him all year. Cause I mean, you're right. He's going to get 20 carries at least and catch a few passes. And, and I, you know, he has this sort of floor of like 14 DraftKings points. Uh, I don't know if the upside is really there. It might be, but, uh, I definitely don't hate the call. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you talk about the next guy. Cause it's an interesting conversation. Yeah, so I had Melvin Gordon on here at 5,200. I wanted to ask Aaron, we've been picking on the Carolina run defense basically all year because they've been giving up a lot of, of blow-up spots to running backs. They just got Shaq Thompson back, who is like a, a real disruptor in the run game. That is a very good run-stopping linebacker. Are we still picking on Carolina's defense, and are we going to continue with Melvin Gordon at 5,200 here? I don't think we do it here, um, partly because Shaq Thompson's back and then mostly because – the Denver run game just hasn't impressed me all year. Um, Melvin Gordon has a decent, he had a decent game last week, which you'll see in his game log, but a lot of that came on one really big run. He's still not getting any involvement in the passing game. Philip Lindsay's healthy. Melvin Gordon just feels really like big play touchdown dependent. And I don't think those are too likely to happen. So, you know, could he get there at this price? Absolutely. But I don't think he's got a tournament ceiling and I actually don't really think he's got a super safe floor. So I'm probably not going to go there with Melvin Gordon this week. Yeah, normally I might push back a little bit, but I'm not going to because J.D. McKissick is right under Melvin Gordon and he is 4,900. I, I really don't care about the matchup this week. I realize it's the 49ers who have a very good run defense. He's cheap. Antonio Gibson is out and he got 10 targets last week in this Alex Smith, you know, dump off offense where he's absolutely guaranteed 10 more passes this week. I love him in cash. I love him in tournaments. I'm going to have a lot of J.D. McKissick. I'm sure Peyton Barber is going to get the goal line touches. I don't I don't really care. J.D. McKissick still has a good chance to catch 
you know, 10 to 12 passes and find the end zone once or maybe even twice. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, I think Barber's going to be more than the goal line back. I think he's going to be the primary running back, but I mean, you mentioned the 49ers run defense. We're not playing JD McKissick because of his running ability. We're playing it because we think he's going to get 10 or 11 catches, which uh, when Gibson went out last week, as Ben said, McKissick immediately came in and started racking up all the catches against a good run defense in the Steelers. So that shouldn't worry you at all. I also like JD McKissick a lot, 4,900. He burned us a couple weeks ago, but with Gibson completely out of the picture, I'm he's going to be a guy that they're going to look to get the ball to. So I do like McKissick this week as well. Yeah. And then you, you got one more guy. I've got one more guy. He's not very exciting. It's going to be Todd Gurley at 4,800, but he's healthy. He had a full week of practice and the chargers run defense is bad. It is really, really bad. When you go up against the chargers, you know, a couple things, you know, Joey Bosa is coming after you. So you want to establish the run or else Matt Ryan is going to get killed. And you also know that, you know, they have an explosive offense, so it's good to keep them off the field. So teams just pound the run against the Chargers. They do not do a good job stopping it whatsoever. They don't do a good job stopping it on the goal line. I think Todd Gurley's in a pretty good spot to score a touchdown. I don't think he's going to go crazy because he's not that player anymore. But at the same time, 4,800 in this matchup, I think is a really nice, safe cash play just because of the price in the matchup. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I probably would have scrolled past him had I not had the Chargers fan here telling me how bad the run defense is, and now I probably will slot him into a lineup or two. He's very bad. I mean, I think Gurley's going to get quite a bit of work here, you know, unless he's still banged up, but he practiced fully all week, so I don't think that's the case. And, you know, the Falcons aren't really playing for anything, so they have no reason to bring Todd Gurley back unless he's ready to go, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I, t- I totally get that. All right, so uh, yeah, that was my last running back I had, so I'm ready to go on to wide receiver if you are. Yeah, uh, we already talked about Devontae Adams. I don't think we need to do it very much anymore. He's $9,300, and we are both slotting him into our cash lineup, if at all possible. Yeah, absolutely locking cash. The only argument that I would say to fade him in tournaments is there are other really good wide receivers that might get there as well, but I, I might just lock in Adams in every single lineup I have this week. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's the Lions in a dome, and they have no cornerback to speak of. If you're wondering why we are so adamant on Devontae Adams, I mean, there's you can you can basically just you know schedule the hundred yards and touchdown with with possibility for more. The targets are unbelievable. I mean, I'm really curious to see how high he goes in you know season long fantasy drafts next year because he might be like a top four or five guy for me. Yeah, that's crazy because. You know, wide receivers are never there. Uh, Michael Thomas, I guess, was there this year, but that obviously didn't turn out very well. I mean, if he's going to score 35 points every week, I don't really care what position you play. It gets <laughs> to a point where it's just ridiculous. Yeah, but I, there are other really good options up here. and We you know we got to go over these as well. DK Metcalf is 8,400. My, my issue with DK Metcalf is I have literally not touched this man's name all year. I've not put him into a single lineup in like for this entire calendar year i'm not sure i'm going to here he's just so expensive and he continues to be so expensive but he also does it every week i i'm i'm inclined to take adams over him in every lineup but if i have russ i'll definitely stack him with metcalf that's that's about where i am yeah i am certainly going to be rolling out some russ and dk metcalf lineups i mentioned it earlier i think this offense is going to be really mad at how they got contained last week by the giants the jets are a great team to take all that anger out on because they've got absolutely nothing DK Metcalf is pretty matchup proof anyway, but when it comes to the Jets, 
this could get ugly and it could get ugly in the form of DK Metcalf scoring 30, 35, 40 DraftKings points. So I'm going to have him in a, a quite a few lineups, I would say. Yeah. And then Keenan Allen is here at 7,700. If I'm going cheap at running back, which I might do, I might take Aaron Jones and JD McKissick, which is relatively cheap and then take Adams and Keenan Allen. I think that's a very interesting start to a lineup. Um, because yeah. I really like Keenan, Keenan Allen. Keenan, Keenan Allen is basically my my secondary receiver lock for the week. Yeah, I mean the targets are the targets have not gone anywhere. We've talked about his targets all year. They're still there. He got eleven last week in a game that they scored zero points. So he's going to get his normal 12, 13 targets. They're going to score points this week. I think there's a pretty good shot he gets back in the end zone. You know, if I believe in Herbert having a big week, then I certainly believe Keenan Allen's going to be a big part of that. His price dropped a little bit, which is nice. He's back under 8K. So, yeah, I mean, he's basically Devontae Adams light. If you can play them both, do it. And if you don't want to play Devontae Adams, you know, definitely consider playing Keenan Allen because I think he's in a really good spot to go off again this week. Yeah, and then Justin Jefferson is right under him at 7,400. I, I mean, I was serious before. Nobody is going to want to hit the button on Justin Jefferson, $300 cheaper than Keenan Allen. But... He's going against Sean Murphy bunting. Kirk Cousins is very good on the deep ball. I think there's just a chance he absolutely cooks this man twice. And it's going to be a low-owned tournament play. So I'm not advocating Jefferson in cash, but I am going to be rolling him out in a lot of tournaments, I think. Dude, he, he's so good. I mean, that's that's all I really have to say about Jefferson. I'm not going to hate on it because Justin Jefferson is so ridiculously good. I do want to get your perspective on this because – you are a Bills fan, and you know I know it's not really a lock at the time. You don't know who they were going to draft, but that trade basically ended up being Stephon Diggs for Justin Jefferson. I mean, Diggs has been awesome this year, so I'm sure you feel fine about it. But you know, what do you think about you could maybe could add Justin Jefferson? I mean, I'm I yeah, they needed Diggs. Diggs fits with the team better right now, if if nothing else, only because he was like an established option from day one, and that's really what they needed. That's the reason they got off to that four and zero start. Um, where you know with Justin Jefferson, you might have not known what you had, but I, yeah, I mean, you're right. It's crazy that only like thirteen games later, we're we're already like Justin Jefferson's right up there with with Stephon Diggs. Yeah, it's just always crazy. It, it's really crazy because. Stephon Diggs has been like a top five wide receiver this week, and yet the Vikings probably won the trade long term, which is just nuts <laughs> to think about. I mean, basically both teams won the trade. It was one of those rare trades. It's going to work out really well for both teams, I'd say. Yeah, probably. I mean, the, the the only issue is the Bills have to win something now for it to really be worth it. But yeah, All right, we'll, we'll cross all... that bridge when we come to it. Speaking of winning something, um, Allen Robinson will probably win you something this week at 6,800. I think this is a fantastic play in cash specifically. I mean, he's good in tournaments too, but the floor in cash is just so high for the price. I don't think there's any way he goes under 15 points. I think there's it's a good chance he goes 25 or more. The Texans secondary is horrible. What do you think about Allen Robinson? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it earlier. The only thing to worry about with – Allen Robinson is it might just be a complete David Montgomery week. And the only thing to worry about with David Montgomery is this passing game could also eat if they want to. So, you know, don't play them both in the same lineup and have exposure to both of them is where I would go with, you know, the bears this week. Yeah. Same. Also, I do want to say that the, uh, in Chicago it's going to be like pretty cold, but there is no wind to speak of. So that, I mean, that's usually like a, a concern at this point of the year in Chicago, but it's, 
like 30 degrees and you know six mile an hour winds so no real problem there yeah that is that's pretty frosty but you know the bears should be used to it yeah i wonder if the texans are that's going to be interesting yeah i'm not touching the texans this week you know full disclosure. no me, me neither yeah that's the, the we didn't mention deshaun we got no texans whiteouts here i'm i'm not taking him in anything i so again i talked about the minnesota tampa bay game earlier i want to talk about it again which receiver do you think tom brady is going to hook up with i th- I honestly think there's a good chance all three get there this week i think that the tampa bay passing stack is like a pretty solid option yeah, that's my thing is like, I think they're all fine in cash because, you know, he, he spreads the ball to all of them. So basically, whichever guy you land on, whichever guy fits your salary build the best is the guy I would go with. I don't think any of them are going to go over 25 just because of the distribution. So I probably won't play any of them in tournaments unless I am determined to make a Brady lineup. In that case, I might stack him. If I had to pick one of these wide receivers, my favorite guy is probably going to be Godwin just as far as upside usage and price all those combined goblin's probably my favorite of the three but it's it's not by much because you can play any of them yeah that's fair i think maybe i'm more inclined to roll mike evans out in tournaments than you are for the two touchdown upside but that's that might be it yeah the thing Um, with evans is it's the only upside has been the touchdowns like he's been pretty consistent with the touchdowns but he's not having the 100 yards yeah so it's it's been tough all year long, and I think it will continue to be tough. And you never know when Antonio Brown's going to go off either. That is true. Uh, Robbie Anderson is sixty two hundred. Uh, Aaron, you've been saying all year that there's one more Robbie Anderson explosion week coming. DJ Moore is is out, or at least I mean he's still on the COVID list as of Friday, so it, I I think he won't play. Um, not an ideal matchup. The Denver defense is fine, but they they're not impenetrable. They're 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 a defense with flaws for sure. And it is at home. It's a home game for Carolina. So, what do you think of Robbie Anderson as a tournament play at this price? Um, I think he's okay. Uh, you mentioned DJ Moore unlikely to play with COVID. Uh, basically, unless COVID is cured by Sunday, which seems doubtful at this point, um, he probably won't play. So, I do like Robbie Anderson a little bit. I don't like him a lot. I, I specifically said he's due for a touchdown, and he did score the touchdown, so I no longer think he's due for a touchdown. So he might... Oh, you said touchdown. I thought, I thought you thought there was like a, a big Robbie Anderson week coming. Well, I thought the touchdown might come in like 80-yard fashion, but it did not. It was a 30-yard touchdown. But, you know, you're definitely right. He, he might be due for one more week, like I uh, maybe, maybe not said. So... <laughs> We'll see. Uh, I, I don't love it, but Robbie Anderson could certainly get there because he probably will get more usage without DJ Moore. I've, I like it more than you do, and, and I'm just going to skip to my next guy because it, it makes more sense in the in the flow of this conversation. Curtis Samuel at 5,200. I like him too. I think one of these guys with the increased usage that DJ Moore is now not going to get is is going to you know probably not break the slate but it's going to be be value for sure and i think it's i think it's more likely to be samuel than anderson honestly i think samuel's going to get used in this gadget role that he's been used in even more with no dj Moore. but i like both of them yeah i will actually give a, a solid opinion this time and say i do like curtis samuel more than robbie anderson so that is my official take on the panthers situation samuel's been solid all year the more more being out should only lead to, you know, more usage for DJ Samuel or for Curtis Samuel. So yeah, I do like Samuel this week. So definitely lock and load him. If you end up with needing a guy at 5,200 bucks. Yeah. I mean, he's on, I mean, that's cheap. That is, 
you know, that's, you can get really, you can't really find that upside at 5,200 many other places besides maybe JD McKissick. Yeah, it is nice. Um, two guys I want to mention, they're in the same game. It's going to be that Tennessee Jacksonville game that I talked about earlier. I think that might turn into a shootout. Many Titans games have turned into shootouts this week. I think this one might fall into that category as well. Uh, we got to stop ignoring Corey Davis. He's having a career year. I know it's Corey Davis, so we don't really take him seriously, but I think we need to take him seriously because he's been doing it. The targets have been there pretty consistently. And in that same game, if you want to make a game stack, I think DJ Chark might be the best way to stack him with Mike Lennon this week. Chark has been banged up all week, all year. He's been healthy this week, though. I think he's in a good spot. He does have two 30-point games this year, along with a lot of really bad games. But with him being healthy this week, I think there's a chance that this ends up being his third 30-point game of the year. So I don't hate the idea of, you know, maybe a Corey Davis, DJ Chark uh, correlated lineup. Yeah, no, that's that. I have no argument to that either. I think I haven't even really been ignoring Corey Davis at all. I just I keep liking other wide receivers more in this price range. Uh, or I like, you know, at this point, I like A.J. Brown as like a contrarian play because I think A.J. Brown might go underowned because Corey Davis is so much cheaper and has been almost as good. But. You know, I, I, I definitely do agree. He's a good play in cash and tournaments. Yeah, I agree. I like the AJ Brown take, but the thing is, you know, Corey Davis, he's going to be more popular for a reason. He's just been getting more targets, but AJ Brown still has the better, you know, big playability. So I think that's definitely a fair argument if you want to stack the Titans in a couple of different ways. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know, one guy who I, it looks like we're both a little bit in on this week is going to be CD Lamb. Ben, can I interest you? In an Andrew Dalton revenge game. You can absolutely interest me. I, I'm not opposed to some Cowboys love this week. Uh, CD, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper's at 6,500. We didn't talk about him up there, but he's been doing it the last two weeks, and he could do he could certainly do it again against the Bengals. Michael Gallup. It, I mean, even Zeke. Like I don't I don't love playing Zeke, but it might be the way the game script turns out that, that it's a Zeke week. I mean, they might all get a little love for me in, in different tournament lineups. I'm, I'm going to try and get some exposure to all of them. Yeah, it's a really good spot for CeeDee Lamb. The only thing CeeDee Lamb has going against him is just how bad the Bengals offense is because the Bengals offense is so bad that they've been making all of their games really ugly. They're so low scoring. Dallas should be in control of this game. All they have to do is run the ball and not fumble, which is bad for Dallas because Zeke enjoys to fumble from occasion to occasion. So... All that being said, I think CeeDee Lamb is worth the risk here. This game could be low scoring, but if it's not, I think it's because CeeDee Lamb's probably run all over the field against this terrible Bengals secondary. Yeah, no, I, I, I think CeeDee Lamb is, you know, the best big play guy on the Cowboys offense now, and I realize I'm saying that with Amari Cooper out there, I think it's CeeDee Lamb already. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned how we skipped over Amari Cooper. That's just because of the price difference for me. I think they're both risky. So if I'm going to play a risky guy, give me the risky guy that's 4,800. So he kills me a little bit less, you know, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. All right. So uh, my really cheap call this week, a guy that I, I really do like this week, I'm probably going to play him in most of my lineups, especially cash. That is going to be Braxton Berrios, wide receiver for the New York Jets. He is $3,000 this week. So as cheap as it gets, Jameson Crowder is doubtful this week. Uh, you definitely need to monitor that situation. This play only works if, Jamison Crowder is out, but he looks like he will be out. Denzel Mims has already been ruled out. That leaves Barrios as pretty much the only target 
guy left in this offense. Um, we saw a couple games earlier this year when Jamison Crowder was out. Barrios had 11 and 7 targets in those games. Um, the Jets have been moving the ball a little better lately. And the Seahawks are 27th in DVOA versus the pass. Ben's been ta- ben has been talking about how bad the Seahawks secondary is. At the same time, the Seahawks pass rush has been getting a little bit better as the year has gone on. The Jets O-line sucks. So I think that will lead to a lot of quick dump-offs to Berrios. I think he's going to grit his way. I think he's going to grind his way to 10 catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown. He's only 3K. He's not going to kill you. And I just think he's in for a lot of usage this week in a game that they should be trailing and passing for the entire second half. Yeah, I, I do remember the week where Crowder was out and Barrios got those 11 targets because I remember thinking, you know, who the heck is this guy? And also he he was like his football movements were impressive. He, he definitely passed the eye test. He, you know, uh, definitely a functional slot receiver. And if it is going to be him and Brashad Perriman, then he's going to be getting just an unbelievable amount of the workload because that is what it seems like it's going to be. Um, so I definitely like the call and I will also probably be fitting him in some lineups so that I can play Keenan Allen and Devontae Adams at the top. Yeah, I mean, in the three wide receiver, it it's begging for me to play Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, and Braxton Berrios this week, and I think that's just what I'm going to do. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think I don't think we have any wide receivers cheaper than three thousand dollars, unless you really dug deep for me, Ben. <laughs> no, I definitely did not dig deep for you. We can go ahead and move on to to tight end. All right. Well, tight end. Uh, we should start at the top and just say play Travis Kelsey as much as you possibly can. Um, He's matchup proof. I know the Dolphins are tough in the passing game. I think they're more built to stop Hill than they are Kelsey. No one can stop Kelsey. He's had 27 DraftKings points in four of his last five games. Tight end position is really hard to predict unless you're playing Travis Kelsey. So I'm going to play Travis Kelsey as much as I can. I know it's hard to do because we love Devontae Adams so much. We've talked about Keenan Allen, but I might prioritize a Devontae Adams-Travis Kelsey lineup more than I'm going to prioritize a Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen lineup. That's interesting. I like punting tight end a little bit more than you do then this week. I like some of the options down in the, in that Logan Thomas range of like, you know, 30, the low three thousands. And I just like saving the four grand to, to pay up elsewhere. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we can get into those guys as well. Yeah. I'll let you go ahead and talk about some of those guys that you really like. Okay, yeah, I mean, I got Dalton Schultz and Jordan Reed at 3,500. I think Schultz is the the upside, or I'm sorry, I'm, I think Schultz is the safe play here. Um, the Bengals are the 31st ranked team against tight ends in fantasy points. Uh, they have absolutely no coverage linebackers. They have bad safeties. It's the Andy Dalton revenge game if you want to buy into that narrative. Um, I think Schultz gets you, you know, 10 DraftKings points. He could catch a touchdown. He's a solid cash play for this price. And then Jordan Reed, if you're looking for the upside down here, I think I think it is in Jordan Reed. Uh, the 49ers just really like to capitalize on his athleticism when um, when George Kittle is out, as he is. Um, and so I think their whole offense is just going to be him and Brandon Ayuk, and then maybe you know one of these running backs breaks off a big rush for a touchdown, whether it's Mostert or Jeff Wilson or whoever. But I definitely like Jordan Reed. I think he gets you know, a lot of targets and, and probably a touchdown as well. Yeah, I'm with you there. I would not be shocked if either one of those guys score a touchdown this week. Um Two other cheap guys that I like at tight end if you do want to punt the position. Logan Thomas, 3,300. Um, Alex Smith and Logan Thomas seem to be developing a real connection. Also, Logan Thomas has just been playing really good football. If you've been watching Washington closely lately, they've had a couple uh, national TV games. Logan Thomas just looks good. He's making some tough catches. 
Uh, he's blocking well. He's dropped a dime because he is a former quarterback. Uh, I really yeah, like. I, I was about to say I saw him throw that touchdown too. Yeah, he's he's just like a really good player all of a sudden, and also Tyler Eifert. Um, he's another guy if you want to get sneaky. Maybe you can stack Glennon with Tyler Eifert. He's only 3,100. Glennon has been going to him pretty often, and he scored 10 points in back-to-back weeks, which is pretty good for a punt tight end. Yeah, I mean, we are a a punt tight end pod, but apparently Aaron wants to deviate and tell you to play all the Travis Kelsey in the world. I feel like every single time I click on the millionaire winning lineup, the dude has Travis Kelsey. So I (laughs) want to be that guy. (laughs) That's fair. Uh, so I think we're going to transition into our stack segment where we give you some chalky stacks and sneaky stacks that we think are going to succeed this week. Uh, and then we're going to go into our bets after that. So Aaron, uh, go ahead and give me your chalky stacks for the week. Uh, we have already talked about these stacks quite a bit, but they're going to be popular. They're going to be popular for a reason. But uh, yeah, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and Russell Wilson, do I, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett this week. So yeah, passing game for Green Bay and Seattle for sure. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree on the Green Bay one. It's it's going right into my cash lineup, but I think that the Bucks pass stack is going to be chalky, and I think it's going to be chalky for a reason. Um, I just think there's a solid chance Tom Brady throws for three touchdowns, and you know they get spread around to those three wide receivers. Yeah, I definitely like both of those there. Um, my sneaky tournament stack is going to be I've got a couple of them. The first one's going to be Jacksonville. I mentioned them a little bit. Uh, Mike Glennon combined with there's a lot of guys you can stack them with. You can stack them with DJ Shark. You can get really sneaky and stack them with Colin Johnson, who's been doing better lately, or Tyler Eifert that I just talked about. Um, The Chargers, they might go overlooked because they put up a big fat zero points last week. Shout out Anthony Lynn. I think they're going to do a lot better this week, so they might go under-owned. And then the Bears passing attack, you know, David Montgomery will be chalk, so maybe we go uh, Mitch Trubisky, Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, Darnell Mooney, like we've been talking about throughout the podcast. So those are my sneaky plays. Yeah, I think my my favorite sneaky stack is going to be the Kirk Jefferson Cook stack that I mentioned earlier. Um, I also really like Trubisky Robinson as a start to any lineup, but also I really like the game stack of the Chargers Falcons game. Um, Falcons pass stack with Hayden Hurst and Calvin Ridley and then run it back with Eckler and Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert. I might stack that game pretty hard. Yep. I mean, there you have it, people. I think Ben and I both feel really good about our plays. We both feel really good about the slate. So I think this could be the week of, you know, we have some really big caches. We've got people tweeting at us. Thank you for all the great plays. We see some screenshots of people with a little cash landing logo as their Avi at the top of the leaderboard. <laughs> I think this is the week, Ben. That's pretty good. All right, let's uh, let's transition to the bets where I mentioned we both had a winning week last week. And Ben, just looking at the line, this could be the greatest teaser week in the history of teaser week, maybe ever. Uh, you know, with all that, seriously though, when there's this many good teaser options, a lot of things are bound to go horribly wrong. We'll see if that happens or not. But as far as teams that I, that I really like being favored by eight or less or teams that I think should be favored that are underdogs who we can tease up over a touchdown, there are so many teaser combinations to go this week that, uh, basically this is a long way of saying, Ben, I love the board this week. I really do. Yeah, no, I can tell. I'm looking at your at your last bet, and I can tell that you love the board because <laughs> you, you put in something with every single game on that bet. <laughs> yeah, I'll get to that bet a little bit later, but basically what I did is I was, I was frustrated that the segment only allows for me to bet $500 because I could have bet like 10 individual bets this week. I love the board so much. 
<laughs> That's pretty good. I'll, I'll go ahead and start us off. I have a pretty simple one to start out with. And I think, I mean, the Colts are, are minus three at, at the Raiders, which almost seems like disrespectful to the Colts, especially after the Raiders just like absolutely should have lost to the Jets. Um, I'm going to be betting 200 to win 190 on the Colts minus three line. It's just the Colts are the much better team. They still have that funnel defense that I've been talking about for the last like five weeks. It works well to eliminate those big plays to Henry Ruggs or Nelson Aguilar or even Darren Waller. If you combine that with like a, a decent pass rush and like a really good run defense, I just think Las Vegas struggles to move the ball. Like additionally, on like defensively, Las Vegas is towards the bottom of the league and adjusted sack percentage. So Phil Rivers should have time to get the ball to his open receivers. They should be able to run against his defense. I just, I, don't, I feel like they shouldn't be a field goal line. So go ahead and give me the field goal, and I'll, I'll pocket my hundred ninety dollars. Yeah, I hope that one works out for you. It's interesting. I talked about how much I love the board. This was like kind of the main game that I wanted to stay away from, just because the Raiders scare me because they're so they either play really well or they play horribly. So the minus three, I don't think matters too much to me. But you know, you feel really strongly about it, so I do trust you. If I had to pick a side, I would agree with you with the Colts. So I do like that. Um, as much as I love the board, it's going to be weird to say my favorite bet this week is going to be the Dallas Cowboys of all teams. Uh, they're minus three at the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to bet $230 to win 200 straight up on the Cowboys minus three. I've already mentioned this is an Andy Dalton revenge game. That's a big deal. That's uh, reason enough to bet $230. I think Andy <laughs> Dalton has actually been a uh, pretty fine this year. The main problem has been the Cowboys O-line has been so banged up that they've been bad. They've been. I looked at their uh, schedule. They've been facing a lot of teams with good pass rushes. The Bengals are not a team with a good pass rush. They are dead last in the adjusted sack rate. All the Cowboys have all their wide receivers healthy. We talked about Amari Cooper. We talked about Ceedee Lamb. We talked about Dalton Schultz. They've got all those guys. They've got Zeke. They should be able to run it well. They should be able to throw it well on the Bengals. And then the Bengals' offense is so incredibly bad without Joe Burrow. I think even the horrible Cowboys defense can keep them under 20. I think the Cowboys win this game 28 to 10. I think they easily cover the minus three. So yeah, it's going to be my big bet of the week. Cowboys minus three, 230 to win 200. All right. I I appreciate that one. Hope that one works out for you as well. I have a, uh, I have a classic shouldn't lose parlay for you, Aaron. It should not lose. It, it absolutely should not lose. I have the Chiefs money line, Titans money line, and Seahawks money line. So it's a three-leg parlay, betting $200 to win 171. That's minus 116 odds. So all, all, obviously all three of these teams are like pretty heavy favorites. Um, picking team, I'm picking teams that are either fighting for a bye in the playoffs or fighting for their playoff spot in the, in the case of the Titans, or in the case of the Seahawks, I suppose. Um, and I'm picking them against tank brigades. So... The odds always come out pretty good when you throw three teams into any parlay, but they they come out good for a reason. I thought about throwing the Saints or the Bucks in here instead of the Seahawks, but I got scared off of both of them because, A, I don't trust Taysom Hill against a good run defense, and I also don't trust Tampa Bay in any sort of important game. Um, so instead, I picked the Seahawks, who are, are you know going against the Jets and absolutely should not lose this game. So let me ask you, Aaron, who ruins this, this parlay for me? Um, I don't think anyone ruins it for you. I think it's a winner. If I had to guess who might ruin it for you, I think it would be the Titans just because the Titans have shown sometimes they like to mess around with these bad teams. And also Jacksonville has shown sometimes they like to get a little frisky with the good teams. So I think there's a chance that game is making you sweat a little bit in the fourth quarter, but I have a hard time seeing the Titans. Uh, I think the Titans, I think the Titans will pull that one out, even if the Jaguars make it a little uh, interesting. 
Yeah, I really hope Mike Glennon just doesn't wake up feeling dangerous. Yeah, but I don't know, man. Mike Glennon's a scary guy. Every anytime you put your money against Mike Glennon, it's not a it's not a great feeling. I'm just kidding. Nobody says that. <laughs> um, I mentioned that I really like this week as far as teasers. My favorite teaser this week is going to be a two-team six-point teaser with the New Orleans Saints and the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to take the Saints down to minus one. I'm going to take the Packers down to minus two. And I'm going to be betting 240 to win $200. Uh, people that are getting excited about Jalen Hurts playing this week are about to be real disappointed because he is not that good at football. Uh, I mean, he's good at football because he's in the NFL, but he is not that good of an NFL quarterback, and people are going to find that out this week. He can't really throw, and this Saints defense has been on an absolute tear lately. I was in on this pretty early. If you remember, I was talking about this a while back, and ever since then, the Saints defense has been proving me right. This defense has been nasty. They've been uh, downright incredible. So this is really not a good spot for Jalen Hurts to make his debut as a starting quarterback. And then the Packers versus the Lions. Don't need to talk too much about that. The Packers are really good. They're locked in right now. They're super healthy. Devontae Adams is going to be going off. It's a great spot for Aaron Jones. Rodgers is making a push for the MVP. The defense is fine. The Lions still do not have Kenny Galladay. Um, I really like the Packers as a team, especially this week. So, yeah, I really don't see this one losing for me. Saints minus one, Packers minus two in the teaser. Yeah, I think it's a good bet. I, I saw some stat about how the you know the Saints defense is like the best run defense in the modern NFL or whatever, <laughs> like like in modern NFL history, like by the numbers. I'm like, man, that's ridiculous. Just eye test wise, they've been absurd. Yeah, no, I I, t- I totally agree. I, it, it makes me feel weird because I really didn't believe in like Marshawn Lattimore as a as a rookie corner, and then he comes out and just locks up Mike Evans every time he sees him. So, whatever. Yeah, no, I really like it. Uh, you got one more for me here. You got two more. I, I I do have one more, but it is it's a long bet. It's not quite as long as yours. Uh, I I also liked a lot of bets on the board, so I have a large teaser. Mine is, however, only four legs. Um. Aaron's is a centipede, and we'll get to that later. But the centipede teaser, yes. It's a centipede teaser. So I have the Bears plus eight against Houston. Um, we mentioned earlier that we like taking the Bears because of their defense, and we like giving them as many points as possible. I think that's especially true against a Houston team that I expect to not really be able to move the ball against the pass rush or the run defense, and the Houston defense is terrible. Honestly, if I had to pick somebody to outright win this game, I'd pick the Bears, but I'll take the, the plus eight points on a, on a six-point teaser. Um, give me the Steelers plus eight against my bills. That's right. I'm picking it against my team. Essentially. I still think the bills are going to win, but I think that the Steelers will stay within a touchdown. Um, and then chiefs and dolphins, I'm teasing down to go over 44 and a half. I think that the chiefs score on this dolphins defense. It's a little overrated. And then I'm teasing up the Washington and San Francisco. I'm sorry. Yeah. Teasing up the Washington and San Francisco line. I need to go under 49 and a half with two, you know, pretty bad offenses there. So it's a four-leg teaser, betting $100 to win 260 I'm not going to go too deep into the analysis because it's four legs. But, um, you know, good odds on a four-leg te- on a four-leg teaser. I'm really surprised that you're going against your Bills here. They're at home. The Steelers have been struggling lately. The one thing the Steelers are really bad at is running the ball. That's the only weakness in the Bills' defense. The Bills' pass defense has been a lot better lately. So they could slow down this, uh, you know, really short passing attack of the Steelers. I'm surprised you're doing that one. Are you sure, Ben? You know, I'll <laughs> let you change it if you want to. Would you – I'm really surprised you would rather do the Steelers plus eight than the Packers down to minus two. 
I am sticking with my Steelers plus eight. I, there's a method to my madness. I'm the, Yeah, I, I'm surprised you're going against your Bills there. I'm not saying it's a loser, but I think the Bills do win that game. And yeah, all right. So let's get to the centipede teaser. Let's not bury the lead here. Basically, I love the board so much. There were so many teams that I wanted to include that I just decided to put them all in one teaser since I only have $30 left. So uh, here it is. This is a six-point teaser. It's, I'm going to take the Seahawks down to minus seven against the Jets. I'm going to take the Saints down to minus one. Already included that one. I'm going to take the Chargers up to plus seven. I'm going to take the Chiefs down to minus one. I'm going to take the Titans down to minus one and a half. I'm going to take the New York Giants up to plus nine against the Cardinals. I'm going to take the Bears up to plus eight against the Houston Texans. With all of that, that is a plus 900 teaser. I'm going to bet $30 to win $270. i am not going to go into analysis on all of these for obvious reasons, but basically it's just wild that all of these are happening in the same week because this isn't me just throwing a completely absurd teaser trying to win a bunch of money and do something crazy. I would really include all of these in any individual teaser combination because I really like all of them that much. If I had to pick one that might lose it for me, I guess it would have to be the Chargers because Anthony Lynn's involved and they lost 45-0 to zero last week. But <laughs> I, I feel strongly that the Chargers are going to win. I, I like every single bet on this teaser. Ben, which leg of the centipede do you think lets me down? Because I, I like this teaser. Man, I'm like... I'm legitimately struggling to even remember all of the opponents in all of these games because there's like 15 teams. Just shoot it at me. I've got it. I've got all of them. Giants plus nine against who? Against the Cardinals in New York. Kyler Murray seems to be banged up, and the Giants defense yeah, is no, playing well. Yeah, no, that's that's a good bet. I don't know. I I, I think it's. I guess it's probably probably is the Chargers. If I had to pick one, the, I mean, these are definitely all good bets. Or I mean, the Titans. I mean, we we talked about it already. If if they're if they're gonna lose to you know Frisky Mike Glennon, they're they're also they're 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 just gonna they're probably gonna do it by more than one point. Yeah, no, I mean they it could be, but I definitely want to include it. So I mean, yeah, that's the teaser. If anyone tails me on that one and we hit that, then uh, you know, let's you you can personally <laughs> DM us on Cash Landing Pod. I'll give you my personal cell phone number and we can FaceTime and celebrate together. <laughs> That's pretty good. I mean, I, I'm I'm rooting for it. I, the you know when I examine each of those bets, they they all seem fine. But I mean, that's that is the 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 allure of the teaser. Yeah, that is that's where they get you. But they're not yeah. going to get me this week. I'm going to get them. I'm going to make them pay. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, with that all said, I think that's that's about all we have for our bets. That's about all we have for the pod for this week. So uh, if you're listening on iTunes, feel free to give it a, a a nice review or a mean review. I guess if you really hate it that much. Um, if for those of you on Spotify, feel free to follow us on uh, at Cash Lenny Pod on Twitter and uh, interact with us there. We really enjoy hearing from all you guys. And Aaron, do you got anything else before I close it out? No, definitely follow us on Twitter at Cash Lenny Pod. I'm definitely going to tweet out the centipede tweez- the centipede teaser and be tweeting about it all Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I love the centipede teaser. All right, well we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening.